0: cooking with ron recap episode we're going to talk about the cooking with ron i did this past saturday which was august uh 29th right today is uh september 2nd and i figured you know why not find another way to get some content out there right and do a little recap and talk a little bit about how it is i kind of you know, how I got to where I got to in terms of making the uh, Korean inspired pulled pork that I made on Saturday. Um, and I figured as well as the sort of, I guess, inaugural uh, Cooking with Ron uh, recap episode, I would give like a brief history on Cooking with Ron. And um, I mean, Cooking with Ron is more popular than this podcast. So presumably, if you listen to this, You've also watched Cooking with Ron, but in case that is not true, Cooking with Ron is a sort of quote unquote cooking show that I do on Instagram. Um, kind of at at no sort of set frequency. I try. I'm. I always say I'm trying to do it more often and do it more frequently, but then like stuff gets in the way, and I just don't end up doing it because it takes a long time usually to do. And so it's like when you want to cook something quickly, like Cooking with Ron is not efficient at cooking quickly um but that being said if you don't watch i'd encourage you to if you know cooking is something of interest to you and if not that's cool too um, but so cooking with ron started when i was working an internship in uh, lexington kentucky back in what would be 2014 yeah 2014 And so I lived by myself in Lexington, Kentucky. I didn't know anybody. Um, I made some friends while I was out there, but also the job I was working was on a four ten schedule. So I worked 10 hours a day, four days a week. So I had a three-day weekend every weekend, which is super dope. Um, But when you don't really have any friends in the area, three days is actually kind of a long time, right? I mean, you know, I, I had plenty of stuff to keep myself busy as far as um you know playing video games talking to friends on on the phone and at that time snapchat was really big um and also you know i was 20 21 years old living in bourbon country so i was and i lived right across the street from this place called liquor barn which for my chicago people it's basically the same thing as a binnies it's just this monstrous alcohol like department store um And so I would go over there, and I would find, like, a new bottle of Kentucky bourbon every week and just, like, go through that mostly on the weekend. And so at one point on Sundays while I was living out there, I was sort of like, I don't know, you know, how do I connect with my friends on, like, a more consistent basis while I'm out here by myself? And I had had a couple bourbons, and I was just like you know what i mean i'm i'm out here i'm cooking for myself generally and i kind of like to try and do some you know different shit like why don't i just do like a snapchat story um of like what i do and so i called it cooking with ron and um i don't Recall, I think the inaugural episode was actually I did like a bacon and mac and cheese stuffed cheeseburger. So I had actually like cooked up some bacon and mac and cheese and then put like a little dollop into some ground beef, rolled that up into like a burger, you know, bite into it. It's nice mac and cheese center. Um, and it was like this monstrous burger. So it, it kind of sparked the joke of like, that's a mound of burg. Um, I don't know if that was the inaugural episode or not. That was certainly the most memorable episode um, for me personally at that time. Uh, you know, I did some other things like uh, bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers and um, a couple of other dishes that honestly I can't even recall. It's been so long now um but anyways that sparked cooking with ron like all of a sudden you know my snapchat's blowing up with people just being like that was fucking hilarious you know what what the fuck was that you know like where did that come from what is this and so it became this huge hit that everyone loved on snapchat and then when i got back to college um from my internship uh you know everyone was like oh you got to keep doing that i got to keep doing that and i did it like on some free level of frequency because the place we were living in fifth and stoughton was this sick-ass place with these great kitchens. But, um, again, it was just sort of, like, one of those things. It's a whole to-do, and, like, you got to come up with something different um, every time. And I'm just like, I don't have something different all the time. Sometimes I just want to cook the same stuff, or I just want to cook something quick and get on with it. And we did do a lot of experimental cooking, though, as a part of uh, the Dawson's Peak experiment, um, which that was some great times. We— I mean, we cooked some really cool stuff up on the peak. So, and we got a little bit of that in, and and I did, like, the very sparingly episode, you know, the sparing episode of Cooking with Ron, but then that kind of took a hiatus uh, for the most part throughout my second senior year of college, and then when I moved down to Tennessee... I started to do it a little bit more a little bit more and then um for a little bit I had hit a stride where I was doing it very consistently but then lately I haven't done it as much again um kind of like also on top of it you know taking a long time to do or longer than it would to just like cook something um as I was saying is like I got to come up with something new and usually like The stuff I come up with, like, it's also, like, not cost efficient. So, actually, I've tried to do some uh, Cooking with Ron episodes, and I'm going to try and do more as well, where I really try and give you, like, something I'm cooking that's very cost effective, because, like, I'm most of you, like me, you know, it's, like, you can't really just, like, afford, or, like, it's not, like, a great idea to be, like, spending, like, $20 on each meal, you know? Like, that adds up fast, and, like, most of the Cooking with Ron's that I do, like, it's, like, a one-time meal. So some some of the stuff that, like, you know, I would need to buy that would be enough ingredients for, say, like, five or six, you know, it's, like, it just cooks one. And so it's and, – and then, like, the the items that I choose are usually more expensive. And so it's, like, you know, a lot of these Cooking with Ron's, they get really expensive. So I'm, like, I can only do it so often. Um, and then the other thing, right, is it's something new or something different, which uh, sometimes I have a lot of inspiration for and sometimes I don't because, like, sometimes I just want to cook chicken and veggies or, you know, eggs and veggies or whatever, you know, just steak and asparagus or whatever it is. Um, and so that also makes it a challenge. And, and I think in part is because, like, the the simple things I... I mean, I guess like a lot of what it seems to me that a lot of what cooking with Ron is for people is entertainment value in terms of just like me talking shit, saying dumb stuff, ranting about random stuff. Like, it's not about me from like this, you know, excellent chef standpoint. Um, so I guess I really do have more room to do it than like, I think, but you know, part of it is I'm like, I am, I don't think I'm like this talented chef by any means, uh, I mean, most of the time when, when I talk to people, I'm like, I'm a cook, not a chef, you know, like, um, if you were interested in like people who have like really excellent like, culinary skills, right? Like basically people who like could very easily be like on food network type of level of stuff, then, um, I would point you in the direction of, like, someone I know, like Alex Zentner, uh, Chef Al's Kitchen, I believe his Instagram handle is. Um, I will double-check that and put that in the um, show notes or whatever. Uh, but I think it's Chef Al's Kitchen. He is an excellent, like, actual chef. Like, cooks, like, food like with, like, culinary skill involved. There's also my friend Isabel Langheim, who does... Uh, a lot of cool stuff with food and she has her made by a blonde Instagram account although I'm gonna have to razz her because she hasn't actually posted for quite a while but she was doing some really really dope um desserts primarily on that page but um in general like she has a lot of culinary skill as well um and so people like that are like like they're chefs you know um I'm just someone who, like, kind of cooks as, like, a passion project at home, which, uh, by the way, I don't think you need to have, like, actual formal culinary training to be a really great chef. I mean, there are plenty of examples. Like, if you just watch The Food Network um, and, and, like, watch, like, Chopped or uh, Iron Chef, something like that, a lot of people don't come from, like, a formal background or even a chef's table, for example, on Netflix, It if you like if you're just really into cooking like you can become this amazing chef without the formal background but those two are just like people that i i personally know who are really excellent chefs um and like i want to be like that good but i don't actually put in enough time to like be that good so uh, in part i feel like a little bit of pressure that i have to do something that's different like a lot of i i think at least to a certain degree what I find really cool about what I cook and what I think a lot of people find cool about what I cook is I really try to do something that's very different. And I try to try like do something that like you haven't had before necessarily like, or like I take things that you have had before and then I change them and I want to make them something that's my own, for example, first of all, because like, I don't like to just like go off of like a recipe book um, or like a recipe that I find online especially for the purpose of cooking with ron like i don't want to use somebody else's recipe and then me do cooking with ron and then just basically like blatantly use their recipe um because like that's i don't know that seems kind of not cool so like i I find a recipe and then i tweak it and i add my flair to it and and i try to do something that i I feel like adds like some sort of different element um and, and and like that just makes it more fun i mean for example right going into this Saturday, this past Saturday, I had had this thought of like, you know what? I kind of want to do something like, I I was thinking ribs originally. And then I was sort of like, well, do I want to do ribs? And I was like, you know, I'd be down to do pulled pork, actually. I think I could do something with pulled pork. Pulled pork sounds really good. And this was maybe like last week on, I don't know, Tuesday or Wednesday, then I'm like, well, I know I'm going to have Saturday to kind of just hang around and and maybe I should do something on the grill. And I don't want to do a brisket because uh, a brisket is, A, it's going to cost me like 50, 60 bucks. uh, And then it's, you know, 15 to 18 pounds of meat. What am I going to do with all of that? I mean, my girlfriend and I can only eat so much. And then, you know, we freeze some, but right now my freezer is just totally full. Like I have to go get a chest freezer because we just don't have enough room for everything. And so, um, you know, it's like, what do I make that's like something like Alicia and I can reasonably eat without it like going bad or wasting it. And so I was like, well, you know what, like, I, I do want to do some pulled pork. I want to do something different, but I'm like, I don't want to do the same pulled pork I did last time, even though it's really good and it's really simple. And it's actually something I saw on, um, Masterclass with Aaron Franklin, and I do it a little bit different than him, but it's basically just um, mustard, salt, pepper, paprika, and I might add like some onion powder and garlic powder, and um, maybe some cayenne along with maybe some some other elements. But largely, like that's the base of it, and it turns out so good, it's just fucking fantastic. And it's really all you need to do. It's very simple, um, but I was like, I want to do something different, especially like, cause then I was like, you know what? I could do a cooking with Ron about this. And like, I have done a cooking with Ron of just like my pulled pork. And like, that's really good. But like, that would be the same episode again. Like I got to do something, like I got to change it up. I got to do something different. And then I was sort of thinking about like Asian food. Like, and I I was sort of like, well, you know, like at the same time I was thinking about like the fact I hadn't eaten Thai food in a while and I hadn't eaten Chinese food in a while. And I was like, Oh man, sushi sounds good. Maybe like a Japanese, and then I was sort of like, well, what about Korean? Korean barbecue. Okay, like, hold on. Korean barbecue. That's right. Okay, I want to smoke I want to smoke some pork. Korean barbecue is fucking fantastic. Um, is there something there? What can I do? And I'm like, well, maybe like a bulgogi sauce. Well, okay. Also, I don't know if it's bulgogi or bulgogi. Like, I don't know if there's that emphasis on that. I, I'm not totally sure. I'm actually trying to learn a little Korean, but I haven't done a lot of it on duolingo yet so i don't know if it's like bulgogi or bulgogi i, I don't know if there's that, that hard emphasis but either way so bulgogi being like this excellent sauce that's used for korean barbecue that's just basically uh soy sauce and then usually like something like a brown sugar and the case in, in my case i used honey and then um like green onion and some pepper and, um, like garlic potentially, or ginger, um, elements like that. And it's like, it's so good. It's so simple, but it like, it's just like the flavor that it puts on the meat is insane. And you can do it with beef or pork. So I'm like, well, you know, what would be interesting. It's like, I've never done, I've never smoked meat that like I marinated for like a long period of time. So like, I wonder what that would be like. I wonder how that flavor would come out. So I make this uh, bulgogi sauce with um, honey and soy sauce and sesame oil and black pepper and green onions. Um, i trying to think. What else? I don't think I actually put any garlic in it, and I didn't end up putting any ginger in it. So, yeah, I think it was just those elements. And I made that. And first of all, like right when I made it, I was like, wow, this smells like really good. Like this... I can already tell is going to be like a really cool idea that's going to have like a really uh, fun flavor to it. <clears throat> and so I, um, I, well, and so this is actually where it pausing and kind of going back in time, I'm going to hit you with like a little Tarantino effect and go back in time a little bit before making the sauce. So I go to the Costco near me to get some uh, pork butt or pork shoulder to, make this pulled pork and costco only had boneless pulled pork or pork butt and i I just couldn't tell you how devastated i was at this this was so annoying because i i mean i think that the bone adds a lot of flavor for starters i also think that the bone um is really all i've ever done um pulled pork with and so i was a little worried. I was like, I don't know how this is going to affect the cooking time. Like as far as how long this is going to smoke, I don't know where the, the, like how much this moves the needle. And so that was frustrating. And then when I unpackaged it, the it was actually cut in half. So the pork butt was already sliced in half, which worked out because I actually didn't have big enough bags to marinate the pork in, but still I was like, what in the fuck is this? This is like the most backward shit I've ever experienced. Like this is already really frustrating. Um, but so, you know, at least it works out that I, the bags that I had were only big enough to barely fit the hat, that one half of the pork. So I put that one half in and then I have the other half that doesn't even fit in the freezer. So I've got to use it like soon here. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to marinate it overnight So it marinated about 12 hours or so. And then I slapped it on the grill in the morning at about, um, it was about 235 degrees. And so I I was like kind of nervous. I'm just like, I don't know, like in three, four hours from now, how is it going to be because of the fact that there's no bone? Um, But anyways, like it smelled amazing. Like, it smelled so good on the grill. It was It was one of the best smelling things I had ever had on the grill. And then about four hours in or so, I had kind of mixed up a little, oh, I added a little mustard into my bulgogi sauce. That's right. That's the other thing I did is I added a little bit of mustard because I needed to make it my own thing. And I thought the mustard tang was going to add a cool effect to it all. And it did. I think it was a really good piece. So I I would definitely recommend that at least for that application. so I went and made like a little bit more of that bulgogi sauce and I went and kind of just paste, you know, with a little brush, wiped it down, which A, kind of keeps the outside from getting too dry and too overcooked. um, And also just allows that flavor to kind of continue on to kind of really latch on to that outside and make sure you're kind of maximizing that flavor. And then at what i think at the six hour mark i went and wrapped it in some foil and so that way also the liquid that was on it you know starts to steam it a little bit and it kind of allows that temperature to rise a lot better that's where you really get that pork to kind of get to that gelatinous pull apart level and so the um Maybe so. What was it? I did uh, the smoke from nine to four. So, what eight hours? So, it was about it was wrapped for what two hours ish and then take it off, let it rest for about 45 minutes, and then gave it an old, you know, it just kind of did like a finishing little touch of the sauce. And I went a lot heavier with the mustard and the honey just so that it kind of like glazed it a little bit more mainly that was just for the gram to be honest because then that way it kind of allowed it to look better like for a picture and got some fresh green onion on there and that way it looks nice for that picture prior to actually pulling it apart um along with getting a little sesame seeds on there then you know pull it apart get a little extra sesame and green onion get the pulled picture and there you go it's done and um and it was fucking good I gotta say, it was really fucking good. It turned out, um, I would say, be- probably better than I expected. Uh, the flavor was really, really good. And the way that it meshed with like the smokiness was really nice. So, overall, it was a good experiment. Um, which, I, I mean, I guess kind of going tying back into the whole just cooking with Ron as a concept. That's one of the things is that There's only two Cooking with Ron's I can think of off the top of my head where I actually tried making it before I actually did it on Cooking with Ron. Otherwise, it's first time right off, you know, like what you see and what you experience, I'm experiencing for the first time as well, which makes it pretty fun. But also, obviously, it's kind of risky because it's like it could turn out to suck, which for the majority of the time that I've done cooking with Ron, I, I haven't had anybody necessarily to share it with. So if it sucked, it was just for me. But um, in, in all honesty, there was nothing where I made it and I was like, oh, this is just like, this is terrible. Like, this is just inedible. Um, and now part of that could be the fact that, like, I'm not a very picky eater. I'll eat anything. But there's only a couple of times where I was like, this could have definitely been better. I, I mean – I wouldn't even say a couple, I'd say quite a few times where I've been like, this could have been better, this could have improved, I could have, you know, added more seasoning here, I could have added less sugar there, whatever it is, you know, to mess with the flavor profile, could have been a little bit more sauce, a little bit less sauce, whatever it is, Um, by no means is the dish perfect, but I think that most of the time the dish meets my expectations, which are admittedly kind of low, I don't don't know what I'm going to get out of it, because it's a total experiment, so you know, I, I, I just kind of am like, whatever comes out, I'm going to be happy with for the most part. But, um, and that's again why I say, you know, like, I'm not a, I'm not like some sort of really skilled culinary chef, right? Like I don't have these high expectations of my food and I don't, I don't produce my food in a way that should, I guess, necessarily create high expectations. I think it turns out good. And, and whenever I've cooked for people, um, I've, gotten really good you know feedback the it's almost kind of tough though like cooking for people because you're always sort of just like are people just like not being honest with me right like you're sort of like was my cooking that good or like are they just being nice and it's like really hard to kind of get over that to be honest it's it's definitely like an anxiety i have with cooking for people is like i'm like am i actually gonna get real feedback like what if this does suck like and then Honestly, what I think would be worse than, like, if it sucks and people told you, like, sorry, you know, this just didn't turn out well, I think, like, it's almost worse, like, if somebody just, like, pretended like it was good, you know? Because then it's like, you know, then they're going to, like, tell other people, oh, you know, it wasn't good, it wasn't good, like, blah, blah, your food sucked, but and it's like, well, then it's like, okay, but so now I had no opportunity to actually, like, get better, you know? Like it's like one thing if you thought it was good and like you liked it like because i i don't really need you know the fucking chach who shows up and is like well could have used a little bit more salt or something like that like again not some sort of culinary expert i'm not going to be like on point with that kind of shit but if you're just sort of like these flavors didn't mesh like this just you know doesn't you know this just really doesn't taste that great or like this is bland or just like overdone or, you know, like this is overcooked, it's dry or something like that. Like those are like, you know, criticisms I want to hear. Cause I'm like, oh. because uh, also, uh, I mean, to a certain degree, like I've never really felt like came again, came away with it where I was like, ah, oh, this was terrible, but there's certain times where I come away from it. And I'm like, I feel like this was a little dry. And then everyone's like, oh no, 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 it's fine. And I'm like, is it fine? Or do you think it's a little dry? Yeah, like just fucking tell me. So, I feel like that's, like, kind of a weird anxiety that I, I've, I'm i actually, like, curious to, like, talk to um, someone who's, like, a chef, you know. And, and maybe at some point I'll try and get, like, Alex on here or something. Because, like, I want to talk to somebody who, like, cooks, like, really for a living or, like, cooks for people, like, constantly. Because I'm super interested in, like, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you not only, like, deal with the idea of, like, what if the people don't like it? But, like, what if the people don't like it and they don't tell you? You know, like, do you get that sort of feeling of like, this, like, I, I want to know. I really want, like, I genuinely want to know, like, how did it turn out in your opinion? Because, like I said, most of the stuff I cook it for the first time, of course, it could be bad. Like, what? I'm not a fucking savant. So. That's uh, that's kind of always been like my holdback on terms of the idea of like cooking for other people, because I think actually like the idea of like having a food truck would be super dope, Uh, and I think that's like one of the things that like started as like a dream from uh, a U of I, where sort of I guess it was like what our maybe our sophomore year, definitely our junior year, where the food trucks. I guess I think it was sophomore year where the food trucks started to become a thing. Like they'd sit outside of Joe's, and you'd have the uh, like Tortica's truck and the cracked truck. And, and there was kind of the two for a while. And I think there was another one that eventually kind of came around, but it was like, damn, like, this is a really good idea. Like this is super cool. This would be a lot of fun. And especially, I mean, Tortica's was just like, Tortica's was funny because like they had the Tortica's truck, usually outside of Joe's. um, Even though Tortica's, the restaurant was like literally across the street from there. So it's like, you just got the food truck, and then you've got the restaurant that's also open. But I mean, that goes to show you, like, the level of, like, Tortica's cravings at two in the in the morning were fucking real, all right? Like, everybody's had their fucking shit-faced steak fajita nachas or their, whatever, their tacos, you know, like, they just, I mean, just straight fire. Their burritos were always, like, okay, you, you know, like, that was the one thing I felt like with, uh torticas is is that their burritos were because they're like i i mean this is something like i don't totally know i mean if whether or not this was some like version of a traditional style like burrito i don't know because certainly i've had burritos like from plenty of different authentic mexican restaurants that didn't come out like this but like the way they did the burritos they basically like it was like the pile like what's inside the burrito was like this pile on the plate, and then they they just kind of put, like, a tortilla on top of it. But, like, it didn't actually, like, totally wrap into, like, a burrito. It's kind of very bizarre. Um, But, anyways. So, I I was never big on the burritos, but my steak fajita naches. That's why, like, I have an obsession with steak fajita naches, and why I make them on Cooking with Ron every once in a while. Uh, Or, you know, brisket fajita naches, which is also fucking delightful. But... Um, anyway, so that that's like kind of, I I just wanted to kind of do like this recap where I kind of talk about, you know, what's going through my head before I end up making this meal. And, uh, one of the things I've done in the past, and I'll probably try and do more is I'll put up poll questions on the Instagram where I'm just like, what should I cook? And, um, usually the plan is not that I'm going to cook one thing that's put on there. Like, the last time I did it, for example, I had gotten a bunch of people that said they wanted ribs, and I had gotten a bunch of people who had said they wanted tacos. And I was like, perfect. See, that's what I want, is I want to find two things that you don't usually see together, and I want to do that. So... When I had gotten a bunch of people who said ribs and a bunch of people who said tacos, I said, all right, I'm going to make rib meat tacos. And so I, you know, I made ribs. And at that time, I was in my apartment, so I had to make them in the oven. I'd actually be really interested to try that out again on the grill. I may do that soon, actually. So keep an eye out for Cooking with Ron doing that on the grill. But so I did the ribs in the oven. And then, you know, I just they were to the point, you know, just fall off the bone kind of take the bones out, chop up that meat a little bit, and then just put it into a taco, and it was, like, it was fucking good. It was really good. But, like, that's not something – I mean, obviously, like, you'll get pork tacos, so it's, like, not that different. But, I mean, it is a different cut of meat than you would usually have on your taco. Like, you would usually have something that's, like, pork shoulder. And so I think that it was really cool to combine – doing ribs and doing tacos and so like I I like to do polls like that and then see like what are like the two or three most popular things on there and then how do I combine those so like I feel like that that makes it just like really fun and interesting in a way that I feel like is more worthwhile I guess of like your time and entertainment because like I said I otherwise like I'm just some other schmo who's cooking and is really no better than you at cooking in any way so I mean, I guess most of the time my stuff's not really instructional anyways. It's not, you're not learning something new from watching me cook. So I guess that's, again, just something I got to get over internally and just do it for the sake of, you know, being some fucking obnoxious jackass who just cooks and doesn't shut the fuck up. But, so that's, I'm going to try and do a little bit more of that, of like getting some poll questions out there and see like, what do you want? And then try and combine those things, um especially like right now with it being September and even going in October, I want to get the last sort of remnants of, um, you know, really taking advantage of the grill, even like in Tennessee, it actually does get surprisingly colder here than, you know, one would think Tennessee gets. Um, I mean, I know it's no Chicago or anything like that, but it still does get quite cold here, but I'll be able to grill into the winter really for the most part. But, it's just nice when it's like, you know, fucking sunny and like 80 degrees and you got the grill fucking roasting and you just got some fucking meats on there. So that's why I want to get a little bit more of that in. Um, I think I had mentioned before that I found like a, a really cool, like regenerative farm, like small sort of, I mean, not like small scale, but I, I mean, just sort of like a, a family farm near my house that does like really, you know, high quality grass fed pastured meats. And so I'm going to try and start ordering from them. That's part of why I need to get this deep freezer so that like we actually have room for like, you know, getting these meats. Cause like for the most part, it's, it's not worth it unless you're going to buy like large enough quantities. So uh, I really want to do that. And like, they've got some cool stuff in there. Like I, I know I've done like liver before and like some stuff with liver would be really good. Um, I also would, uh, really like to mess around with it. You can get beef tongue and, uh, there's some other things like, um, pork, like back fat and pork belly, both of which I really want to work with. So those are two things like, uh, I'm really interested in kind of figuring out some cool recipes to do, but tongue is actually super dope. And on the topic of like Mexican food and tacos, lingua is so dank like here's what I'm going to tell you is it may look weird when you see like a beef tongue and like if you if you ever see them at the store or something like that or before they're made but like what I'm telling you is the next time you go to a Mexican restaurant and if they have lingua on the menu for like tacos get them and I'm telling you like you really won't like st- see much of a difference from just having gotten steak tacos other than i think the flavor is in some ways better like especially for the purposes of a taco like you know like obviously i'm not saying like i would ever just get like a you know a, a tongue like over getting like a piece of steak but in the top in like the setting of a taco i think it's really fucking good and so I, re- I recommend it. Um, and it just, like, because like I think it's always cool to kind of expand your horizons in terms of, like, food. And especially, like, you know, culinarily and, like, culturally, I think it's really cool. Because, like, obviously in the U.S., for the most part, people don't eat organ meats. <clears throat> and people don't eat uh, something like tongue or pig ear. Stuff like that. Um, what else? Like, um... Or like sweet bread or um, what the hell else is there. Um, I can't think of it, but it's basically like I I can't think of the name, but you can get it in a lot of like faux dishes like um, like pig intestines or pig stomach or something like that. And it's actually super dank. I can't think of the the name of it. Let's see. Hold on. I'm going to pause. Okay, I'm back. I was thinking of actually two different things. I was thinking of tripe and chitterlings, which tripe being cow stomach and chitterlings, I think being pig stomach or intestines or whatever. But anyways, sounds gross on its face, actually tastes quite delicious. So if you're kind of like someone who's like, ah, like that doesn't sound like it's for me, I highly recommend at least trying it like once when you go to a place And you would be very surprised at how good the flavors are. And you just never considered them because in general Americanized cuisine, you don't have them. And they're seen as gross. But in other places, they're very commonplace uh, foods. And it's sort of like one of those things like the animal, like, uh, it's like, why not use the whole animal? Like, it, it seems odd to me not to, you know, so... I mean, obviously, if you don't like it, you don't like it. But I, I think that it's worth a try at the very least. So uh, I think that probably wraps it up for this uh, Cooking with Ron recap. I don't, I don't really have anything else I wanted to cover today. So I appreciate you all tuning in and we'll uh, keep this train rolling. Peace out, Ron Sense. Oh, and leave me a, you know, subscribe, review, rate, whatever, five stars. Uh, tell me what you think seriously though kind of like what i was talking about earlier with like i want to get honest reviews about my food uh i also want to get honest reviews about this podcast um that being said if you have negative reviews just tell them to me like on dms in you know instagram or text me if you have my number uh don't leave them on the podcast comments please that'd be super dope um But that being said, tell me if there's something you don't like or you want something done differently. And if you do have positive comments, I mean, feel free to text them or DM me, but also put them on like podcast comments. And tell your friends.